0: Hallelujah. What a Savior. He's a great Savior. In fact, he's the only Savior. Glad to see you tonight. Glad to see Pastor Andy in the house tonight. Celebrating Holy Week with us and, and we're, we're honored by that. Pastor Andy, just wave your hand, please. Everybody's looking for you. He's over here. <laughs> I, I had lost them completely. They were just wondering where you were seated and I'm thankful. I'm, I'm glad that, that we could answer that for them. It, it is a, it's a privilege to be able to worship the Savior, the King, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. When I was growing up, uh, the, the week of the resurrection was a special week, and, and we always knew it was coming, and we always were excited about it, because it was the, it was the week that we all got new clothes. Because <laughs> uh, that everybody had to have new clothes for Easter. In fact, I think I have a picture for us here. Um, here we are. Only my little brother seems happy about this picture when I look at it now. I was, uh, I was sat on the front row, I'd forgotten about this, and somebody had posted it on Facebook a couple years ago, so I was scrolling through to see if they could do it, and I appreciate our team, our technical team in the back getting that for me, but that's my father, my mother, uh, my, I'm in the beautiful sweater there, um, and then, uh, and then my sister Reagan and my, Youngest brother Dawson and we were, we were, uh, we were just excited because we got to, got to have new clothes and we got to, uh, talk about the, the resurrection and got to talk about Jesus rising from the grave and it was always an exciting, an exciting time. But, but before you can get to the resurrection, you have to get to Thursday night and you have to get to Friday. Before you can get to the resurrection, you have to go through the upper room, and you have to go through the cross, and, and that's what we celebrate tonight. We celebrate the the Last Supper, and we celebrate the journey of Christ from, from being the, the Savior of mankind on earth and in profession and in declaration and in reality to the Savior of mankind actually paying the price for the sin of man. I, I, I was just got my first job in school. I was in school rather and I just got my first job and I was I was really excited about this job and, and really excited about what I was going to do. And so after church one day, I told my parents, I said, dad, mom, let's go out to eat. And they said, no, we're going to go on home. And I said, listen, I really think I really think we should go out to eat. In fact, I want to go out to eat and I'm going to pay for it. And they said, OK. So I so so I, I I took the family out to eat that day, and we went to the fish and chip place on out on Scannaconet Road in, in Fairhaven, Massachusetts, and 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 we drove out there and parked, and we all went inside, and and we stood there at the counter, and we and we started ordering our fish and chips and what we wanted and, and so on, and 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 I and I started doing math. <laughs> and and I'm standing there. And I know what the numbers on my check said, and, and I'm watching the numbers on the register go up, and I'm, and I'm doing math, and I'm realizing, to my terror and horror, I did not have enough in my pocket to pay the bill. And, I, and that's the first time I can remember thinking, wow, food costs a lot. <laughs> that thought had never really crossed my mind until that moment, and so I'm standing there and, and, and everybody else has gone over to the, to the tables and I'm standing there by myself and the lady is looking at me and she says whatever the numbers were and and I'm looking at her. She's looking at me and she's fully expecting me to do something <laughs> and I'm wanting to and then I felt my father's presence step up behind me and he said, son, can I help you just a little bit? And I looked back at him and I said, yes, sir. (laughs) And he laughed. He said, it's a little more than you thought it was going to be. I said, yes, sir. (laughs) And, uh, and he said, all right, just go ahead and give her what you can and then, and then I'll, I'll make up the difference. Sometimes the price that needs to be paid is a little more than what we have in our pocket. In fact, the price for my sin is far greater than anything I could ever pay. And yet we have one who's standing there beside you and I right now today. And he's saying, hey, you need to pay that bill. And we're looking at him and saying, mm-hmm. And the, the, the one at the cash register is saying, I need you to do something here. And we're saying, we want to do this. We really want to pay the penalty. We know we did wrong. We know that, we know that, that something has to be done. We know that something must be handled in in this way, but, but, but see what's in my pocket just isn't enough to handle what's on the cash register and, 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 and if you, if you'll pay attention, You're going to feel a presence step up behind you and step up beside you and say, hey, do you need a little help with that? And you're going to, if you're smart and and I know everyone in this room is brilliant, you're going to look at the one behind you and say, yes, I need a little help with that. And he's going to say, that's okay. If you'll accept that, I've already paid it on your behalf. It's already taken care of. You're not having to pay for what has already been paid for. Just accept what I've already done for you. That's what happened on Calvary. That's what happened in your life and in mine. That's what happened on that hill. And this is the progression that we're we're celebrating that leads to your salvation and mine. Jesus willingly gave himself as the payment for our sin. Sin past of, of all the patriarchs and those that went before. Sin present. All the sin that's going on right now. And the sin that will ever be, he paid for it right there on Calvary. But as we sit and on a Thursday night, we are looking from the vantage point of the upper room and and we're looking through the upper room and we're looking to the cross and we're looking past the cross. To to the resurrection, but you can't get to the resurrection without studying first in the upper room and and viewing the cross from there. And when we look from the upper room to the cross, we see the differences and the similarities at the same time. The, the similarities between the upper room and the cross is that both were moments of humility and sacrifice. In both the upper room and in the at the cross, there's humility and sacrifice that's given. You also see that they're moments of instruction. Jesus looks from the cross and says to John, Hey, I want you to take care of my mother. And and mother, I want you to see your son. And and there's some instruction going on there. And there's instruction going on in the upper room. And you also see that both are moments of development. Development towards a greater future. Without these moments, you don't have the greater future. But there's also differences. Differences in that the upper room was a place of fellowship. But the cross was a place of loneliness. Loneliness. You see in the upper room a place of feasting and celebration. On the cross you see a place of mourning. A place of sorrow. The upper room is a place of betrayal. The cross is a place of transaction. As the blood of Jesus paid the price for our sin. You see the upper room a place of small gestures. And the cross a place of grand gestures. How can you beat the idea of giving your very life for others? The upper room is a place of servanthood and the, the cross a place of saviorhood. As Jesus became the only savior of all mankind and, and we as believers, we hear the, the call regularly to take up the cross and follow Jesus. In fact, we find that in Matthew chapter 16, the Bible says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. The cause of Christ is not without pain and sacrifice. I wish that it were, but it is not. The great, the blessings of following Christ are great, but but you cannot get away from the pain and sacrifice. Sometimes it's the sacrifice of an old lifestyle or an old thought process, uh, an old mindset, or, more, or, or or old ambitions or self centeredness. Sometimes it's the pain of shifting priorities. If you've ever tried to shift your priority, you know that there's a pain. Involved in that or the pain of aligning relationships with your God ordained future. There's pain and there's sacrifice involved and, and we hear the call to take up our cross, but, but I believe that we prefer our cross of Calvary and we prefer it over the basin of the upper room because our cross is a bloodless cross. Here in the United States of America, we are extremely blessed and, and we have the privilege of worshiping as we choose to worship and we have the, the privilege of, of being able to call upon the name of our Lord without fear of, of retribution by governmental authorities and so on. It, so it is a, it's a bloodless cross. It really is the, 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 uh, the, the, the pain of words and the pain of feelings versus bone and blood. Our cross is bloodless because the blood has been shed for us. And I'm afraid that sometimes we would prefer to identify with the the Savior more than we identify with the servant. Because for us to go to the cross means saying, Jesus, I accept you, I receive you, And I live my life for you and thank you for your salvation. But that of a servant means something altogether different. You see, the basin is the place where we wash each other's feet. John chapter 13 tells us after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I want to be very clear. We are not instituting foot washing services at Morecord Road Christian Church. But we are being called to intentional and willing servanthood. Looking at Jesus... And looking at him in comparison to the old covenant, we could assert that Jesus was following the Levitical law and as the high priest, he was, he was ushering these new priests of the new covenant. They would become priests of the new covenant into their new roles and, and he is, he is purifying the priests that would come after him. We could, we could see that in scripture. What we do know for certain is that Jesus was teaching the disciples the value of servanthood. The cross is, is a big statement. It's the end of something. It is finished and it's over. But servanthood, there's no end to servanthood. It's a continual reality that we live in and servanthood is, is humbling. The basin is a humbling statement. It is there that you sit and you wash the feet of another and there's no end to that washing. Because everything that has been dirty will become dirty again at some point. Servanthood is humbling as we kneel down before another and you you touch their feet. I don't like it. It's humbling to the person that's doing the foot washing and it's humbling to the person whose feet are being washed. Some of you in this room right now, maybe you need a blessing in your life, but your pride has kept you from being blessed by the master who's trying to wash your feet. Servanthood is continual. They'll become dirty again. Servanthood will always be needed in this world. It's also cleansing because it cleans, it purifies the pride from the heart of both the one doing the washing and the one whose feet are being washed. I know that this is a difficult thing because I asked many people if they would be willing to allow me to wash their feet tonight as an illustration. And out of the many I asked, only one said yes. And they did not say yes without addendums on the yes. Most of us in the room would rather write a check for a $1,000 than have our feet washed by somebody else, which is our next fundraiser. I'm kidding. But here's one thing I know for sure. If you can't handle the basin, you won't handle the cross. people talk about giving all for Christ. But don't talk about giving all for Christ if you can't serve other people that walk with you. Don't speak in terms of willingness to die if you won't serve while you live. Don't think in terms of ultimate sacrifice when talking to your neighbor about Jesus seems to be a little bit too big of a challenge in your world. When testifying about Jesus at work seems to be a little bit uncomfortable so you can't you can't bring yourself to do it. You say, well, Pastor Micah, this is a little bit heavy. Yes, this is a heavy night. This is a heavy night. It's, it's a night of sacrifice. It's a night of servanthood. It's a night that's calling us to willing servanthood to those around us. Jesus calls us to take up our cross, but you cannot go to the cross without going through the basin. I know it's tough and I'm convicted myself as I look around the world that I live in and I wonder, who have I touched for Christ recently? Who have I talked to about Jesus recently? Which of my neighbors? Which of, which of the people that I see in the grocery store? Who? Who? What, what opportunity to share Christ with somebody have I walked past? He gave all for me. He gave all for you. And what he asks of us is that we love God. We love each other. And that we get the message out. What is he calling you to in servanthood today? What is he revealing to you in your walk with him today? We, we're, we're looking at the we're looking at the cross through the basin. Can you see him? His blood shed for you. Can you see him? His hands and His feet pierced for you. Can you see Him? The crown of thorns upon His head for you. Can you see Him? His back torn by the whip for you and for me. Can can we see Him? And can we see Him through the basin? He took the feet of the disciples and He placed them. And he cleansed them. And he blessed them. Take the feet out and begin to dry them with the towel. I see the picture of Mary as she doesn't even take a towel. She takes it to another level whenever she bathes his feet with perfume. And then she takes her hair and begins to wash his feet with her hair. Dry his feet with her hair. She's one who, who could see the cross over the basin. What is he calling you to? Where is he calling you to serve? Is it an evangelistic effort around your world? Is it somewhere in the church? Serving in kids' ministry, student ministry, greeters, ushers. I appreciate our ushers serving tonight. If you can get ready, we're going to serve communion here in just a moment. Where is he he calling you to serve? Is he calling you to pray for people? Is he calling you into outreach? Is he calling you into office work? Is he calling you into marketplace ministry as you reach the people that you work with on a regular basis and and you share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tonight we celebrate the Last Supper and we and we look forward and celebrate the cross and and these things are true, but they they're not just something that Jesus did. They're something that He calls us to. Calls us to. The ushers are going to come forward now and they're going to pass out the elements of communion. And I encourage you, this is open to all who call upon the name of Christ as Lord and Savior. But I ask you to just hold on to that bread and that cup, and we're going to take it together here in just a moment. But I ask you to to take into consideration just for a moment what is he calling you to? Somebody can bring me the elements as well. I would appreciate it. Thank you. Sunday we're going to celebrate his resurrection. If you're a guest here tonight, we're so thankful that you're here. And I promise Sunday is going to be a much happier tone. But I don't think this is a bad tone. I think it's a realistic tone of saying he did it all. He did it all for us and he's calling us to be his body on earth. His body doesn't exist without reaching others. His body doesn't exist without sacrifice. His body doesn't exist without experiencing some pain. His body has a job to do on this earth. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. What is He calling you to do? Where is your place of service tonight? Jesus handled both the basin and the cross. He looked past the humility of the basin and he recognized the reality of the cross. The basin was humbling. The cross was deadly. We must die to self so that we can live in Him. And Jesus endured both. He did it for our sake. And we honor that today. I would ask you just to take a moment and consider your life. If there's anything in your world that you need to take a moment and just say a prayer of repentance over. Maybe you've messed up somewhere along the way. Maybe you've failed him somewhere along the way. Maybe there's something in your heart that you haven't gotten right with him. Can we just consider our lives for just a moment? And if one of the ushers would bring me some bread, that would be I would appreciate it. If we would just consider our life for just a moment. Thank you, sir. And if there's anything in your world that you need to repent of and let go of, I encourage you. He paid the price so you and I could be free from sin. Let's consider together right now. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for anything that I've done and everything I've done that has displeased you. I ask you to forgive me for the sin that I know I've done. Wrong attitudes, wrong words, wrong thoughts, wrong actions. And I pray that you, and I'm asking you to forgive me for things I don't even know I've done. Things where I've let you down unintentionally. I ask you to forgive me right now. I want to be pure before you, Lord. And I thank you that because of your sacrifice, I can be. Amen. The Bible says that on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remember, in remembrance of me. I ask you to take the bread. Thank you, Jesus, for your body that was broken for me. That was bruised for my transgressions. My iniquities. Thank you for your body that was pierced, that bled, that died. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, and do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Let's take the cup. Jesus, thank you for your blood, your blood that was shed for me on Calvary, your blood that washes us white as snow, your blood that paid the penalty for my sins in my life. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. We give you thanks and praise for it all in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.